And uh, with that, I'd like to ask Elias Garcia to come on up. Um, many of you know that we were sent out by Westside Church, which is a uh, great church here in Yakima. And Pastor Elias is the um, missions and outreach pastor at Westside. And so uh, I've asked him to come and to uh, share the message with us this morning. So uh, I'm going to pray for you and then let you jump in and get started. Does that work? Thank you. All right. Lord, we are so thankful for Westside Church. We're thankful for the commitment they've made to restoration to help us get out the door and get launched. And uh, we're thankful for Pastor Elias and his love and support and uh, prayers for, for on behalf of Restoration Church. And uh, Lord, as he comes to, with us this morning to share your word with us, Lord, I pray that you would speak mightily through him. Lord, I pray that we would hear your word being spoken today. We wouldn't hear from Pastor Elias, but we'd hear from you. God, we pray for your spirit to be with us, that you would minister to each and every one of us. God, you know what our last week looked like. You know the struggles that we're going through. You know the successes that we had. And God, you know exactly what it is that we need to hear today. So Lord, I pray that you would pour out your spirit, and that you would meet us here in this place. And we ask for your blessing on this time together, in your holy and precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Good morning. Well, on behalf of uh, Westside Church, I bring greetings to you, and I'm very excited to be here and share with you, um, as Pastor Kevin said, my name is Elias Garcia, I'm the outreach pastor at Westside, and that beautiful lady over there is my wife, um, that you can see that I'm a very lucky man. Um, it is, a, it is a privilege to be here. It is very exciting to see what God is doing through you and in you. And uh, also all the things that uh, you go through are always in a, in a way that is to work God's plan in each one of us. And the series that you're in is being strong. And it's in the book of Joshua. In the book of Joshua. And one of the things that I think that we need to re be reminded in this book is the reality that is two, two key words or two key expressions. The first one is the title of this series, Be Strong. And the other one is Courageous. Be Strong and Courageous. And the reason for that, in my simple mind, is is very, very simple. It's because it's going to be hard, so I need to be strong. And it's going to be scary. That's why I have to be courageous. It's very simple. So it's not that God is saying, Joshua, everything will be fine. Don't worry. If this is just, you know, a walk in the park. No, it's a be strong and courageous. In other words, get ready. This is going to look ugly. But I'm the one that is going to give you the victory. And if you see the book of Joshua, is this book in which the Lord is fulfilling a whole history of promises. The Lord is, is just the consummation of a big bunch of promises made years and years before. And that they are now in their own eyes, uh, before their own eyes, looking at God making this happen. And it is exciting, but at the same time, it's a scary thing. Because they have to do things in which they have to trust God. And human beings were very interesting. Because we like to be in control. 
And we like to trust no one else but us. Because nobody else can do it better than us, right? If you want to do it right, you do it yourself. And the same situation is with the people of Israel. You see them being taken out of slavery, you know, from this man that was called out of a foreign country, brought into the, the land that he was promised to him. He got a nation out of them. Then this nation uh, grew and went down to Egypt. Their lives were saved because of that. God has freed them from slavery. They took them through the wilderness. They saw all the miracles, but still they say, we're not sure. We don't know yet. It will be a lot better if we do it our way. And it's very easy for us to say, well, you know, Israel, you know, Israel again, you know, that's the way they are. But let's look at us. And let's think about what is holding you back. Because this is the time. This is our time. It's not the time of Israel. It's not the time of Joshua. This is your time and my time. This is the time to take possession of God's provision to us. This is the time. There is no other time. It's now. And if you see last week, you saw that some of the tribes got their allotment of the land. And for you and for me, that can mean that you see others getting what they receive from God. And you say, boy, that's great for them. But I don't know about me. Maybe they're better than me. Or maybe they're more committed. But they, they got their part. And that's wonderful. I'm happy for them. But I don't know about me. And sometimes we take one or two, uh, one of two uh, uh, approaches to this. We say, well, maybe that's not for me. I'm not good enough. I'm not that those tri- like those tribes. But also you can say, well, um, maybe this is meant for me, but I, I don't want to do the work. That it takes. So the question that I want to pose to you. Is what is holding you back. For taking possession of what God has given you. Just think about that. As we go through this text. Let's just think about what is holding you back. What is preventing you from really take possession of what you already have. If you trust Jesus as your savior. You already have it. All you have to do is take possession of it. If you're here and you haven't trusted Jesus as your Savior, today is the day. This is the time for you to receive what God has done for you. So let's open our Bibles in Joshua. Chapter 18 and 19. Uh, It seems to me that you guys want to go through the Bible in a month. Um by the chunks of Bible that you uh, study every week, which is great. But I want to start with this, and then we pray. Verse 18, chapter 18, verse 1. Then the whole congregation of the people of Israel assembled in Shiloh and set up the tent of the meeting there. The land lay subdued 
before them. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this place. Thank you for this congregation. We ask you right now that you will bless us with your wisdom and that you will teach us from your word. And that we will complete this message by going out and making it happen in each one of our lives. Speak to us and teach us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the Bible says that the land was under their control. They were right there. They came from uh, Gilgal down to the center of the land. And Shiloh established the worship center there. They, uh, the the, the uh, tribes and the, uh, that you studied last week are, are already in their places. Everybody comes and worship here. Everything looks great. Life is getting to the place where we wanted it. Everything is um, about the victories and about the, the land that now they possess. Everybody is happy. And you know that's a dangerous place to be at. That's a very dangerous place to be at. Because then you are content. And you think that we're done. You know, maybe a year ago you thought, boy, you know, going to downtown, establishing a church and doing all this. And, and uh, you know, it was a lot of work and it was a lot of effort. And then you got established here and they said, well, we're done. It's over. We even have a, a year anniversary. We're, we're done. You know what? We're not. We're just beginning. We're just getting established. We're just seeing the land and see that is under our control by the power of God. We're just looking around. But it's the same in your own life. You might feel like, well, you know, I'm safe. I have fire, fire insurance now. I'm okay. I'm done. I just have to sit down in my back porch and wait for the Lord to come back. And if he's fishing, he's a lot better. But it's not. It's not, it's not the reality of the Christian life. The Christian life is about taking possession of what God has given us. So we must take possession of God's provision to us. And it's not about earning that. It's not about making merits to have it. It is about taking possession of what we already have. So we must take possession of God's provision. Look at what it says in verse, verses 2 and 3 in, in chapter 18. There remain among the people of Israel seven tribes of his inheritance have not yet been apportioned. So Joshua said to the people of Israel, How long will you put off going in to take possession of the land, which the Lord, the God of our, or your fathers, has given you? Verse 4. Uh, let's just stop there and think about these three things. Number one, God has provided to the people of Israel salvation. Salvation from slavery. Salvation from uh, the, the, the Egyptians that were coming after them to kill them. 
He provided freedom from being slaves in a land, in a foreign land. He provided to them a purpose in life. He gave them a land. He gave them a, a, a nation. Make them a nation and give them the land to prosper and get established. But Joshua had to come to them and say, People, how long, how much longer are you going to wait to make that a reality in your own life? And here is a challenge for us. God has given us salvation. When we trust Jesus as our Savior, He has given us salvation. He's not going to save us. He saved us. He gave us freedom. We're not slaves anymore. We're not slaves of sin. We're not slaves of any addiction. We're not slaves of any uh, problems or any circumstances in our lives. And we have purpose. We have a message that we can share. We have a life that we can live. We have a testimony that we can share with others. We have a church that we're part of. We have people that we have to reach out to. We have a purpose in life. We got to be established as the people of God here. But the question remains the same in verse um, 3. Joshua comes and says, People, how much longer... Till you really take possession of what God has given you. And maybe for us it's the same. We might think, well, you know, we're not like that tribe that is established over there. And they're really nice and they're really doing well. Or that tribe over there that they, you know, they did it. And I'm glad for them, but maybe it's not for us. But he says, it was given to you by whom? It was given to you by the Lord Himself. So we need to take possession. And we cannot wait. Because there is nothing that we have to do. It's just something that we have to receive. It's something that we have to get established in. Now let's put it in practical ways. It might be that you're struggling with addiction. It might be that you have uh, problems in your marriage. It might be that you have problems at work. It might be that you have uh, difficulties in relationships with the family. But the Lord says that He, if we submit to Him, He will give us possession of what He has given us. What He has given us? Salvation, freedom, and purpose. Did that mean that all those problems will disappear? No, He said, be strong and courageous. He's not going to look good. It's going to be scary. It's going to be hard. But I'm with you. So we need to take possession of that reality in our lives. And make it something personal. I think the challenge here is not to look at the other tribes. It is to look at us. In the same way that Joshua said, guys, what's going on? How much longer are you going to wait? This is also for you. It's not only for the other people. It's for you too. So it's about time that for us it's the same that we say, you know what? The Christian victory is also for me. Walking the Christian life is true for me as well as it is for anybody else that trusts Him. And that's the challenge for us today. Because it's very easy for us to get used 
and get very comfortable living a life like the people of Israel. They live in the wilderness. They live a nomadic life in which they were here one one month and then here another month and then over there three months and then four months here. Are you like that? Because we tend to be like that. We tend to be very... Uh, we're very stable at being unstable. We say, well, you know, I, 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 I want to be established here, but then trouble come, difficulties, things happen. Well, maybe here is better. Then maybe here is better. And you know, you know that. You know better English than I do. The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And maybe that's what they were afraid of. These seven tribes say, well, you know, it, it, it will be better if we just go and join the other ones. Or maybe we go somewhere else. But you know what? This is the land that the Lord has given us. This is the, the, the possession that we need to take for what God has provided to us. And that's not accident in that. Just think about this for a moment. Maybe for some of you, it was a lot less people by the time you were born. But let's make it six and a half billion people in this world. When Nate was born, it was about five million, five billion. But and when I was born, it was seven billion. But out of six point five billion people in the world. And I don't, I don't, I don't know, and I, I, it's not the point, how good of a parents did you have or not. I'm not talking about how good or how bad they are. But what I'm saying is that out of 6.5 billion people, God picked two to make you the unique person that you are. You think about that for a moment. That's how unique you are. Any other mix will make you a different person. Any other combination will make you a different person. So out of all that people, he makes you the person that you are. You're unique. There's no way to copy that. And in many cases, that's a good thing. But the reality is that we cannot be comfortable just... Thinking that we are just an average Joe. That this is not for me. God made you with a purpose. God made you unique. And he wants you to take possession of what he has provided to you. You have that authority. And it's not just uh, uh, about a selfish approach or a name it and claim it type of thing. What we're talking about is real Christian walk. It's a, it's, it, what we're talking about here is taking possession of the real promises of God. With the understanding that He's still saying, be strong and be courageous. Because it's not going to look good at many times. It's going to be scary in many instances. He continues on. Telling us what happened. And starting in verse 4. We can see 
a second principle that we have to take into account. And that, that principle is that taking possession of God's provision requires preparation, trust, and commitment. Take notice that there is no mention of perfection in it. Because that will disqualify me, so I, I didn't put it in it. No, it's because that's not what God is asking of you. It's not what God is expecting of us. You know what? He made us. He knows us. But He wants us to understand that He takes preparation, trust, and commitment. What that means is that we have to trust Him because He says so. You know, there is a lot of things that we can um, argue and and. A lot of things that we can doubt. A lot of things that we can have questions about. But let me tell you. Of the things that are the most critical things in life. And in our relationship with God. The Bible is very clear. You know. A lot of people can say a lot of things. About the Bible. A lot of people can criticize it. A lot of people can say many other things. And discuss it. And it's fine. There is a lot of things that we might say, yeah, that's a hard one. But let me tell you, the critical, the basic, the most important things in life in the Bible are very clear. So if you like to argue about the Bible and think about things, that's fine. But let's do the things that we understand. Let's just live by the things that we already know that is no question about that. Verse 4. We're here till 2, right? I mean, I have two, two chapters to go, so. Provide three men of each tribe, and I will send them out that they may set out uh, to go up and down the land. They shall write down a description of it uh, with a view to their inheritance and then come to me. And they shall divide into seven portions. Judah shall continue in his territory on the south. And the house of Joseph shall continue in their territory on the north. And you shall describe uh, the land in seven divisions. And bring the descriptions here to me. And I will cast lost lots. And um, um, you hear before the Lord our God. Then the Levites have no portion among you. For the priesthood of the Lord is in their heritage. And Gad and Reuben... Um, and half of the tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance beyond the Jordan eastward, um, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave them. And in verse 8, they say, then they say, okay, we're going to take a vacation. No. They say in verse 8, so the men arose and went, and Joshua charged those uh, who went to write a description of the land, saying, go up and down the land, write a description and return, and return to me, and I will cast lots and, um, before the Lord in Shiloh. So the men went and passed up the, down in the land and rode in the divisions. Uh, that they came to, then they came to Joshua, uh, the, to the camp at Shiloh, and Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord. And there Joshua portioned the land to the people of Israel, to each 
this portion. They got organized. They planted. They were willing to serve. They, they went and looked at it. So there is things that we must do. We cannot just sit down and wait for the Lord to give us everything we ask. Because somehow we think that we're entitled to it. Because God says so. And I don't have to do anything. To me the best example that I can always use for that. Is that we always want God to do. Not only what God has to do. But also what we have to do. So we don't want just God to do his job. But also to do ours. And I always give this example. Think about this. Lazarus is in the tomb. The Lord Jesus come. And he's in front of the tomb. And he say. Move the rock. The guy's there. Go ahead and move the rock. And he say. Lazarus come. And he's resurrected from the dead. Right? God did what he's supposed to do. People did what they're supposed to do. Now, think for a moment. Can the Lord move the stone just by thinking about it? Can he make it sand if he wanted to? Yes. But what cannot happen is that the Lord say, I move the stone, you resurrect Lazarus. (laughs) And many times that's what we want. We want to do the hard part. We are concerned about the hard things. But we don't do the the little simple things that God wants us to do. That requires commitment. That requires discipline. They got organized. They surveyed the land. They allocated the land according to what the Lord said. And they did it committed to the truth of what God has said. They were trusting God. And that's what we need really to do. Is to trust Him that what we're doing is what He wants us to do. It was not just Joshua's good idea to send these guys. It was very intentional. It was planned. It was three from each one of the tribes so that everybody was represented there. They went and they did their job. They were committed. They went. We are not told here uh, how long it took, but I, I will suspect that it took us some time. I mean, going up and down, they didn't have hel- helicopters. They didn't have Google Maps. They didn't have any of that. So it will take a while. But we live in a society that is a microwave society in which now we are... I don't know if this happened to you. It happened to me. I hurry the microwave. I put something in the microwave and say, come on, come on, come on. I mean, what we did before. You know, you know, you use the toaster. We were just trying to put a timer on it. What, what we did before. But we live in a kind of society in which we think that things need to happen now. In the way that we plan it. Because that's the best way it could happen. Well, it might be that we need to. Survey the land. It might be that we need to plan. It might need that we need to walk up and down and and sketch it and see it and 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 just be in it. And I think that very very intentionally, the Lord did not tell us how long it took to do that. 
Because then we will say, well, it will take this, this many months or this many days. And then we will, we will put another layer of problems into it. But it takes time. It takes commitment. It takes trust in the Lord. And we don't know. Because God is always preparing us for things that we have not seen yet. Has that ever happened to you? That you are going through a difficulty. You are going through um, uh, an issue in your life. You are going through a good a good situation in your life. You get a pay raise or you get a pay cut. You get a, a promotion or you get fired. You get in trouble or you are the hero. And then later on you say, Boy, I, the Lord was really preparing me through that situation for this particular situation. And I never saw it coming. I don't know if you have heard, but Steve Saint, the son of the missionary that was killed in Ecuador um, in the 50s, uh, Nate Saint, he always said this, God will never waste a pain in your life. And this is a man that as a young boy saw his father being killed, then being adopted by the very man that killed his own dad. Then he saw his daughter just right out of high school dying uh, unexpectedly in a, in a very fast situation. Then he in his ministry in Ecuador, that still he's working with the people that killed his dad, he has an accident and a motorized parachute that they designed to the ministry there, and now he's paralyzed. He's paraplegic. And he's still saying, God will never waste a pain in our life. So when I think that my life is difficult, I think of Steve Saint. When I think that my life is difficult, I just got an email this morning of a good friend of ours um, that the Christians in, um, in Iraq have been beheaded daily. Or taking all their possessions away just for the fact that they are Christians. When I think that my life is hard, I think of them. The Lord wants us to know that what is happening in my life today is in, prepare, in preparation for what He's going to give us, give us later. But we must take possession of what we have right now. We must take possession of what He wants. And, and I tell you why. And this is our third principle. God places us in strategic places in order to accomplish His plan. There is no coincidence that you are here. There is no accident that this church is meeting right here. There is no accident that you are coming here. You might think it is, but it's not. 
There is no accident that you were born in the family that you were born. There is no accident that you marry the person that you marry. It's no accident that you have the kids that you have, even when you think it is. All the way from verses um, 11 through almost the end of, of chapter 19. We see the allotments to these seven tribes. And before you fall asleep, reading all this, I think that it's important that we understand that each one of them were located at the right place for the right purpose. Very quickly, we can say, the tribe of Benjamin, verses 11 to 28, it was placed between Judah and Joseph. You know, those two, those two um, tribes were rivals. They did not like each other very well. God put Benjamin in the middle for a purpose. And you know what? It's in Benjamin's territory that Jerusalem is, and that's where the temple is going to be built. They didn't know that. But that's what's going to happen. We know the rest of the story. So they were placed there for a purpose. And it was in fulfillment of Moses' uh, prophecies. In Deuteronomy 33.12. When he talks about that rivalry. Simeon. Verses 19, uh, chapter 19 verses 1-9. to is south of Judah. In fulfillment of Jacob's um, uh, prophecy. But later, because of that prophecy, prophecy, it was incorporated into Judah. They were swallowed up by the tribe of Judah. They didn't know that when they received their allotment. But that was what happened later. And it was a strategically positioned that way. That will play a big, a big part in the division of the kingdom later on. Um, and uh, at this pace of chapters that you go, you probably will be talking about that next week. Zebulun, uh, 19, uh, 10 through 16, is in the lower Galilee, uh, most likely extended all the way to the Mediterranean Sea in fulfillment of Genesis 49:13. Issachar, verses 17 through 23. Is in the beautiful and fertile valley of Jisrael. Did that sound familiar? It's a battleground. For them at the moment it was wonderful fertile valley. But then it will become a battleground. Asher. Verses 24 to 31. Assign the, the, the coast in a vital position to protect Israel from the northern enemies. Especially the Phoenicians. Naphtali. Verses 32 to 39. Located on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. There is no much mention of that in the Old Testament. But you know, in that territory is when most of the Galilean ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ happened. Little they knew that that was the land in which the Lord will spend most of his time uh, ministering in the northern part. Dan, verses 40 to 48, surrounded by the most powerful tribes, 
but lost their territory to the Amorites. You can read that in Judges 1.34. And then pushed them north. They didn't know that at that time. But God was preparing them for all of those things. And the reality is, is that God is placing each one of us in the, in the exact place that He wants us to be. And each one of us needs to understand, and this is something that you will hear me say a lot, is that there is no better place than being in the, in the middle of God's will. But there is something that we must add to that. The middle of God's will is not the safest place. It requires risk. It requires trust. It requires being strong and courageous. Because in the middle of God's will, there will be storms. There will be difficulties. But is the best place that you can be at. Will these people have difficulties in the allotments that they got? Yes. Will we have those difficulties? You better believe it. But it's the best place in which we can be is in the strategic position in which God has located each one of us. So don't wish you are somewhere else. Don't wish you were placed somewhere else. Just think about what is God's strategic plan for me being here and now. What is what He wants? What He's preparing me for in the future? What will be my role in what God is doing all around us? In verse 49, we see Joshua. And I finish with this. Joshua is a great example. Because Joshua really understood what is being strong means. And he trusts. He's not being strong in his own power. But he trusts the Lord. And even though he was in a very powerful position, he did not take the easy route. He did not take the best city. He did not take the best way to do it. He did not take the, the, um, the, the, the easy ride. But he say. I just want to take what the Lord has promised me. And the people say, well, we'll give you this. And what he received, he says in verse 50, at the end of verse 50, he received this city. And this is what he says. And he rebuilt the city and settled in it. Joshua did not get a city that was already built. He did not get the more uh, established city. He get a city that he has to rebuild and settle in it. And you know why? Because he trusts that the Lord said that he will have an inheritance. And he is just expecting the exact very thing from the Lord. Maybe in your life, there are a lot of things that need to be rebuilt. The Lord has provided everything that we need. But there is some rebuilding that needs to happen. Well, this is your time. As other tribes have already received their, their allotment, this is your time. And for you as a church, you better believe it. The downtown Yakima needs some rebuilding. 
But the Lord is calling us to rebuild and be settled in this place. And we better trust the Lord for it. Because if it's not the Lord, we're not going to do it. But we believe that the Lord has sent this church to this place and this time. And His provision is guaranteed. All we have to do is to take possession of it. All we have to do is to trust and be committed to what the Lord wants us to be doing. So our bottom line must be that God wants us to take possession of His provision in order to fulfill His purposes in us and through us. That's what He wants. He wants us from going from just believing in our head and understanding in our heart to just making it a reality in our lives. He doesn't want us to be living in the wilderness anymore. He doesn't want us to just be wandering around. He wants us to rebuild and get settled. He wants us to receive what He has already paid for through Jesus Christ in our lives. He has given you salvation. He has given you freedom. He has given you a purpose in life. It's time for us to take possession of what God has given us. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your provision to us. Thank you for your patience, for your mercy, for your grace. Thank you that we're free. Thank you that we're saved. And that everything has been given to us with no merit from us. We worship you for that. We thank you for that. But also we ask you, Father, that we as an individual and as a church will understand that we must take possession of what you have given us. That this is not just a concept, Lord. That you convince us that this is not just an idea. But Father, that we can really understand that this is a reality. That we take possession of what you have done for us in a practical way. As an individual, as a family, and as a church. The Restoration Church will rebuild and get settled downtown Yakima. That our families will rebuild and get settled where you have placed us strategically. And then in all, you will receive the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.